Hello, I'm Jason Sirotin from the Orthodontic and Dentistry Digital Marketing Agency, Brain Bites Creative, and welcome to the Get It Straight podcast, where we examine the hottest topics in orthodontics and dentistry. I'm joined by my co-host, Judd Johns, the CEO of ODO, the on-demand orthodontist. On today's show, we'll be discussing something that is an elusive topic for many orthodontic patients out there. What is the difference in getting treated by aligners versus braces? I myself have wondered, why should I do one or the other? And here today, joining us are two world-class orthodontists to answer the questions. One is Dr. Mark Carell, graduate of LSU Ortho School, current instructor at LSU, key opinion leader and clinical expert for Ortho Orthodontics, Ross study group member, and widely considered one of the best bracket and wire orthodontists in the country, having treated thousands of cases. He is a private practice in Lafayette, Louisiana. Let's say hello to Mr. Mark Carell. Hello, Dr. Mark. Hey there, Jason. Thanks for having me, man. This is really, really exciting. You know, Judd, Judd's invitation is cherished in the industry, <laughs> right? So, only concern I have is that what's coming at us as far as questions and, you know, great yeah, to be too. part of the show. Well, we appreciate it. And joining him is Dr. John Warford, graduate of the University of Missouri Ortho School, key opinion leader and clinical expert for Spark Aligners, educator on aligner therapy and remote monitoring, and clinical director of on-demand orthodontist. He has a private practice in Bismarck, North Dakota. Welcome to the show, Dr. John Warford. How are you, John? Thank you, Jay. Nice to nice to see you again. Yeah, it's and, great. Uh, it's uh, you know I'm the I'm the northerner here, and I just have to say that I thought of uh, especially Dr. Mark the other day when I was uh, fixing my black eyed peas for New Year's Day, and I uh, put some andouille sausage in from uh, Wayne Jacobs Smokehouse down in your neck of the woods, and I thought of you, Mark. <laughs> well, thank you, buddy. Yes, uh, I enjoyed black eyed peas this uh, this uh, New Year's Day as well. Yeah. And Judd, Judd, you you brought this like conversation to the forefront. We were talking the other day. You were like, I'm friends with like the best bra brackets guy and the best aligner guy. We should do a podcast with them. So I, I think Judd, tell me about your relationship with these guys and and why you hold them in such high esteem. So I think uh I and I and I love everyone on this phone, the best. Is uh, there's a lot of wonderful orthodontists out there. These are two world class orthodontists, but you know we're, we've got we got a lot of outstanding out there in the world. Um, this one was really important for me because in my life I spent 11 years working in product development and bracket wires very closely with Dr. Mark Carell. And Dr. Carell, he's you know he's the guy behind the guy, the mind of a lot of orthodontic innovation. So he's really dialed not only with clinical, but also the mechanics that can be created from the design of a product. And there's a lot of things that people don't know about brackets and wires or braces that can really affect treatment. And what gets articulated to the patient on these things, you know, you, you've got to be pretty, pretty far upstream and embedded and have a look behind the red curtain to really understand what it all means, right? And so, I, you know, I take that and I've been fortunate to work closely, obviously, with Dr. John at ODO work with him and, you know, my former life on the, on the aligner side as well, and seeing just what wonderful things that aligners can do as well. I love to spend time in social, particularly Reddit, and I see a lot of questions being asked out there 
by patients that really want to know the questions to what we're asking today, which is what are the difference between these two? How do I know if it's going to go this long or that long? How often should I go into the office? How much is it going to cost if I do one or the other? And then when you and I had the conversation, it was like, well, we got two world-class right here. Let's just have a very candid conversation about that, answer as much as we can, and we'll have a little bit of fun at the end. I love that. So let's start out. Let's jump right in to one of the fundamentals. And I'm going to go to you first, uh, Dr. Mark. Let's say this. What are the fundamental clinical differences between braces and aligners? And feel free to have a very, very big debate, Dr. Warford and Dr. Krell. Have at it. This is the place to do it. <laughs> I think I think fun. It's a really good question, by the way, and uh, and and I look forward to John's response here. But um, fundamentally, at least what I've seen in our office, what I've seen from people like John, and I agree, we're uh, thanks for the compliment on being world class. Definitely, only one, maybe of many, and this it's a it's a title given to few. So I I appreciate that. But there's a wonderful orthodontist around the world. John being one, and when it comes to aligners, what has come to pass, aligners used to be known as limited. They could only do so much. They were only used for minor crowding. They were only used for relapse. They were classically put into the category. If you had some relapse, you could use the aligners to get things back in order. That has all changed. So aligners are comprehensive. They can do uh, virtually, as, as far as I've seen, anything that braces can do. But there is one question that I ask every patient that comes in for aligners. Are you ready to be responsible? Because you have to be responsible for putting them in and taking them out. As opposed to braces, where you still have to be responsible, but you mainly have to brush your teeth. You and just not my mind. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> my mind. And, 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 I know now and, what I need. I would fail miserably with aligners. I am horrible at maintenance. Like that would be, that would, I get it now. Thank you. I, well, I, that, I bet that, that, that answer for a lot of people. That's a simple question, right? It's like, are you ready to be the responsible citizen? And, and, and a quick reply is no, I'm not responsible. When you dig down, most of them are, because I think that if you talk to John, you'll find out most of those patients are responsible. But it is a question, especially for busy people. So um, that's my you know, so, overall view. So you think they're the same, basically, at this point, with the exception of, of like responsibility? Yes. In the outcome, yes. Because in the end, what you do, you, you just take different routes. And I really want to hear from John about this because he has much For more sure. experience in aligners than I do. But we take different paths, very different paths. Like I would say like braces and wires are like linear, right? It's like point A, point B. Aligners take these paths where you end up at the same point, right? But it may not be as linear. That would be the way I would describe it. Just, just a different path. Before you answer, John, just a question to go deeper, because I think, you know, other orthos, patients, certainly dentists would be interested to know, like, what are the subtle differences in mechanics and how teeth are moved with one appliance or the other? Because I don't, I mean, we know this because we're industry files, right? When, you know, for example, like, you know, and a liner is, you know, all a car custom, and then you've got the wire movement, so on and so forth. Can you talk a little bit about like braces and 
how a, uh, I, I think you told me the joke that I heard years ago was like, you know the joke before I even tell you the joke, which is basically what happens when you don't see an orthodontic patient in brackets and wires for a year? What would you say? What's the answer to that? What's the punchline, Dr. Mark? Straight teeth. They, they, well, if, you don't see them, if you don't see them for a year, they look better, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, much better, much better. But like, you know, more of a kind of a, a mechanical question and, you know, just to, for the people that are really trying to understand, how do you move the teeth with braces and wires, wires? just for the layman? Let's say there's a patient listening in right now. Are we still on mark now? I yeah. want to let John, I want to let John answer that one. Okay. Right, well, hold on now. Now, am I on the first question or the second one? Judd likes jumping around. Yeah, okay. Judd, Judd's a little like interesting. A, I love it. A little it. bit like a squirrel in springtime sometimes, you know. It's um <laughs> look, look, there's a nice acorn, and there's another acorn. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, you know what I tell patients is that there's there's one problem with with the liners that Mark uh he alluded to. And that's if you don't wear them, they're absolutely guaranteed to fail. I mean, they're not going to work, right? And so, uh, so I, Mark and I see eye to eye on that 100%. Um, I also don't think that braces are 100% without responsibility. I mean, if you're not eating the right things, you're going to be breaking brackets off. If you were um, not taking care of them adequately because they're harder to take care of than aligners when it comes to hygiene, you're going to be potentially looking at uh, puffy gum tissue, decalcification, or white marks on teeth, et cetera. So I don't ever tell somebody that you have a, a, a responsibility option and then a non-responsibility option. They both have responsibility. It's just a different kind of thing. In my world, it's a little bit different too because over half of my patients drive an hour or more to come to a visit. And so I say to my, uh, say to parents, okay, well, do you want to uh, be all over Johnny here to wear his aligners? And we haven't gotten into dental monitoring, which helps us a lot. Um, or would you like to make that 250 or 300 mile drive, um, say, let's say 10 times versus three. And, you know, so it's it, from a responsibility perspective for us, it's, it's a different thing up here. We have something called a blizzard once in a while or snowstorms. And I know Mark, you have hurricanes down there, but, um, you know, we have patients that they'll have an appointment uh, scheduled on a day and then they won't be able to get to the office because, uh, because of the snowstorm or what, whatever might happen to be. So I think it's a different responsibility. It's not necessarily one is, 100% responsibility free, which would be good for Jay, or uh, something that uh, you need to have, uh, you know, a lot of responsibility for. So um, that's my comment on that. Um, getting into the, you know, Mark said almost, you know, almost all patients can be treated with either. I agree. I tell patients it's a 99% chance I can treat them with aligners. Just like I have very, very rarely, I have uh, stubborn teeth with brackets. We also have stubborn teeth with aligners and even with the very best aligners that, that are made. Um, sometimes teeth need to have the extra force of brackets. It's just, luckily it's not that often. And uh, it, once in a while we do have to put brackets on to turbocharge uh, some part of someone's, uh, someone's treatment. And, and I think now is perfect time for Dr. Mark to answer Judd's question about, you know, take us through how those teeth are moved, because now we know both types of appliances will work and they're performing the same function. And along that way, when we pop back, Dr. Warford, I don't want to forget this, but I want to know what has changed so much 
in plastic to give us the ability to do what brackets could do in that evolution after we hear from Dr. Mark? No question. The, uh, the most powerful change in orthodontics occurred probably 30 years ago with the invention of nickel titanium wire. Basically, it's a wire that was developed by NASA. Uh, it's an alloy developed by NASA, and it has amazing memory. So you can take this wire and you, uh, you apply the braces to the teeth, and let's just say the teeth are very crowded, and you engage this wire into each tooth, and it makes this uh, very irregular shape. And as this wire remembers its original shape, which is the ideal shape of the smile, it actually carries each tooth into a position. That's why I call it linear. The tooth will move from where it's at, its, its misplaced position, to its perfect position by just allowing the wire to take it there. It doesn't, it doesn't require any special needs or anything uh, you know, in between for the most part. So you, you apply the brace onto the tooth, which is uh, it's temporarily locked on. It can be removed later you know, by the doctor or the technician. But it's the wire that does the work, without question. The wire does the work because it's its ability to continuously return to its original shape. And there are other things that occur, but what most people are thinking about with braces is getting your teeth straight. And um, that is, uh, is, is, uh, is simplistically how, how teeth are straightened with wires. It's very forgiving. Yeah, which means that if the braces are applied to the teeth in the correct position and the wire stays in place and the braces don't break off, it really does predictably move teeth. Uh, you have to intervene every now and then, but there's uh, it allows us to see patients further and further apart from the appointments. And I think Judd alluded to that. It's no longer four weeks. We can see patients at 12 weeks, 16 weeks. And like John, we treat patients out of state. Uh, they only come in for whatever, you know, college break or so on. So we have these opportunities now because of these sophisticated alloys that move teeth at a very healthy, very physiologic, uh, very steady uh, rate. That's fascinating. So Dr. Warford, to my question. You reminded me of your question exactly. I can't I, remember. I, That's I, why I, I was I, asking. Okay, because I had some other thoughts. <laughs> I had from what Mark said. You know, because I've been, you know, I've been in practice almost 20 years now, and my my father was in practice since 1973. And, uh, you know, back in the day, and I, the school that I went to, we learned a lot of the old-fashioned ways of doing things as well. And, you know, my dad would, uh, he got a kick out of taking like an 016 nitie wire, and he'd tie it in a half hitch, and he'd walk over to the, the sink and put it under hot water, and this knot would untie he, that was one of his uh, little tricks. He liked to show patients how the, you know, how the wire worked. Um, so Mark's, Mark's absolutely right. You know, that uh, I, I believe it was developed for the unfolding of solar panels in the space shuttle. And, uh, you know, that's been uh, tremendous because uh, teeth are able to be moved, you know, gently, which is physiologically ideal for teeth. Uh, some Norwegian orthodontists back in the late 60s found that teeth like to be moved gently, but we didn't have the technology to do it at the time. So, people of my father's generation were bending wires and putting loops in between teeth to make things, uh, you know, uh, more gentle. It's very, very different how I was trained and then the liners are different uh, altogether. So uh, I 100% agree with what Mark was saying. It's very much like 
the unraveling of, of crowding or uh, if you will, with, with brackets and with aligners, it's different because the, uh, the aligners are kind of programmed hundred percent of the time. And there's no, there's no sort of give there's uh there's no um, there's no leeway really. So um, the, that makes aligners more challenging in some ways because things in the past we'd say, well, let's put this, let's put this first wire in and let's let it unravel and see what we get before we know what we're going to do with the next appointment. But with with aligners, you need to predict these things, um, you know, ideally predict these things, you know, for, you know, six months, nine months, 12 months in advance, if you possibly can. Is one more efficient than the other? I like to say it depends. Um, it depends on the overall malocclusion. Um, I and, and Mark would probably agree with that. The um, there's certain things that aligners I think are better at. For example, um, uh, when their front teeth overlap too much, um, being able to depending on where the the overlap is coming from, uh, have the aligners working so that they're not interfering with the upper teeth. Um, I find those are advantageous, although it took me many years in order to be able to treat those things very predictably. Um, there are certain things in which uh, brackets are uh, more advantageous. And, and many times now, not many times, I'd say, but uh, once in a while, we'll actually put brackets on three or four teeth to get some really, really crooked teeth tooth better. We're doing this less now than we used to. Um, or it might uh, come down to something towards the end where we're just kind of pushing the limits of what the aligner can do. And we just have to give that final nudge with brackets. Um, you know, this being said from an orthodontist that treats over 90% of my patients with aligners. So um, I'm very much a tremendous fan of aligners and I would, uh, I never want to go back to a 100% brackets and wired practice. However, that being said, there's, um, there's still a place um, whether it's patient preference or um, because many times it is, or uh, or a doctor's uh, comfort level, where brackets and, and wires are still the uh, you know the way to go. And so, um, I'm, I'm certainly not an anti-bracket orthodontist. One of my <clears throat> last year, everybody saw the billboards with the patient with the mask on and said, this is the best, best time ever to get braces. Right. I, I was, they actually wanted me to do that. And they said, I'm absolutely not going to do that billboard because I personally don't think that braces are an unesthetic thing. I think that when you see somebody with braces on, there's something that they're trying to improve something about themselves or their parents are giving their children an opportunity to improve something. It, it's almost like you expect, you know, a kid to be born with a high school education and you're making fun of them because they're in eighth grade, you know? And so in my opinion, I'm, I, I, uh, I love aligners, but uh, I, I don't fault uh, brackets and wires whatsoever. I like that you're, you're accepting of both. But I, yeah, well, I I did remember my question. It was what has changed so dramatically? Is it the plastics? Is it what what is enabling you to get so much more detail? Because a lay person looks at it and goes, "Yeah, a piece. It looks like a mouth guard. Please, plastic changes yep. over and over again." Okay, so uh, you know this might be surprising, but teeth aren't very smart, and teeth don't know what's pushing on them, and teeth simply respond to forces. Uh, and there's a physiology in the, in the in the structure around the tooth and in the bone that allows teeth to move. So as long as a force is being uh, put on a tooth consistently enough, you're gonna have that tooth move. For example, that sometimes might be because of a lack of orthodontic treatment, some uh, young child sucking their thumb, for example, and it caused their teeth to stick out. 
So teeth aren't that smart. They really don't care what's pushing on them as long as they're getting the force applied uh, consistently enough and properly. So what has changed is, uh, has been the plastic. Uh, the plastic has changed. And uh, a, a slight backstory with me is that I, uh, 20 years ago, I tried some aligners. I tried quite a few aligners when I went and practiced with my father. We had, did not have very much success. And so I literally swore off aligners, said I was never going to do it again. Um, you know, for about five or six years. And then I decided to start trying some of the easier cases and easier and then harder and harder and harder. But the big thing that has changed, Jay, to finally answer your question, is the uh, the concept of use, utilizing attachments on the teeth as anchor points and customized sort of uh, focal points of, uh, of force. So you can put vectors or uh, uh, forces on teeth with something that's glued onto the tooth that the aligner can push on in a certain way to really maximize the aligner's effect on the tooth. The huge benefit of brackets is that they're glued onto the tooth and they're, they're always there and there's an interface between the, the tooth and the bracket that allows the wire to do its job. But in unlike brackets, which uh, Mark alluded to earlier, the wire being the force delivery system with aligners, the plastic is the force delivery system. And so what uh, needs to be done to make them better is to have the plastic better, but have the attachments designed in a proper way so that they can snap onto that tooth and really hold on to be able to put the force on it in the way that it needs to be put. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. Thank you for the, the explanation. I figured it had something to do with plastics because I couldn't think of any other way. Uh, what are some common ortho dentist patient misconceptions about aligners and brackets. Let's start with uh, Dr. Mark. Let's talk about common misconceptions with wires and brackets. Yeah, I think that uh, the biggest misconception when it comes to aligner, plastics are important. There's no doubt we've had a tremendous evolution. Just an anecdotal point I wanted to make. Uh, one of my mentors was an instrumental in developing these plastic aligners, and he actually looked at a, uh, a plastic bottle from Coca-Cola many, many years ago. And when he looked at it, he said, this could move teeth. And that was the beginning of Jack Sheridan's pursuit of making uh, the Essex retainers and moving teeth with plastic. He just, he just recognized it. So plastics are important and they've come a long way. I personally feel that it's people like John and others who have given everything they have to improve their knowledge of how to move teeth with aligners because the, not only the philosophy, but the strategy to move teeth with aligners is very different than with brackets and wires. So some people have just, you know, they dove in, they worked really hard, told the companies what needed to happen, uh, enhanced the software. And the biggest misconception is that they're all the same meaning all of these opportunities, all of these offerings that are out on the market right now, an aligner is an aligner, and it's not the case. Number one, it, it's who's driving that aligner. It, it's who's behind it, right? What, what individual is designing, moving, strategizing? And like what John said, one month, two months, eight months, you have to have an idea where you're going. You just can't haphazardly throw something in there like brackets and wires and let them unravel. I think that's number one. So there's a misconception about they're all the same. They all work. And so if you ask around in any community, they would tell you which people, which systems are actually succeeding and arriving at a, you know, a satisfactory conclusion, we'll call it, right? A happy patient, as opposed to others who just do it and consistently miss. 
brackets and wires, very similar, right? So it's like, uh, yeah, an orthodontist is a whatever, an orthodontist who is, a, is an orthodontist, that's not the case. It's like, who's driving? Who's driving the vehicle? The, uh, the, the skill sets, the technology that they use is very different. And so in individual communities, those reputations resound on who's doing it the best. But I give credit to John. I don't owe anything. John did not ship me uh, on Dewey Sausage for this, right? <laughs> so, uh, but this is all about, um, you know, we, we have very nice software right now. We have great, really good plastic, but we have to have strategy behind it. Question, Jay, um, if I may. If I'm a patient, how do I do the proper due diligence to know where I need to go and uh, what might be the right appliance for me in, in the local community, let's say? Because you're right, Dr. Mark. You know, that's because there's um, th there's a lot of I'll say it out loud. There's a lot of people advertising out there that they go and do, you know, hundreds and hundreds of aligner cases, let's say. How do I know that's good? Or, or you know, um, if, I, if I'm a patient and, you know, I'm I'm, I'm interested in getting brackets and wires. And by the way, one, one thing that we, we learned, I learned in a former life is that it's fascinating in emerging markets, places like Brazil and some of these other countries, they leave their, their braces on for years because it's a status symbol, you know, in a lot of these places. So um, certainly in a certain age demographic, brackets and wires are just never, they're just extremely popular. They're never going away. But, but if I really want world-class, like how do I think about doing the right due diligence? on that. And that could be for you, Dr. Mark, or you, uh, Dr. John. I'll let John comment first. Um, <clears throat> well, the, the, you know, there's the big differentiator is brackets and wires versus aligners, especially if you want uh, one more than the other. Uh, and like Judd said, some people do want brackets and wires more. Um, I think that the, the, the biggest misconception, this kind of comes down to a little bit with Judd's asking is that a lot of people say that aligners won't work for you. And they say that um, because they don't have the experience level to have seen that they work, right? Whether that's, a, whether that's a patient's dentist who's just commenting on potential orthodontic treatment or an orthodontist, they'll say that they, they just don't work. And they, um, the reality is that experience matters. Uh, it's very much like driving a car. And some of my presentations, I talk about race cars and how it's analogous to a race car driver having more skill and being in a slower car can actually get you there faster. And so, um, you know, that's, that's critically important. So I think that if somebody's looking for um, any kind of treatment, I think it's, I would want to say, you know, hey, can you show me examples of a, a smile, you know, uh, before and after like mine, you know, whether it was treated with uh, brackets and wires or whether it was treated with aligners, I think that's the that's the number one thing. And because as Mark alluded to as well, all orthodontists are not created equal and all orthodontic experiences are not created equal. And people really think that uh, going to get your teeth straightened, whether it's braces or aligners, uh, they think it's like going out and buying a Ford F-150. They think they're getting the same thing, um, even though it might be a different dealership. And so it's uh, it, it's a completely different thing. It's not a commodity. It's it's a service. It's, a, it's an art. Experience absolutely matters. And that's experience as far as getting you to the final result, but experience on how you get to the final result as well with, uh, you know, with convenience and with efficiency and, and uh, you know, with uh, everybody wants to have it done as fast as possible, especially these days. So uh, those are some of my comments. Is that enough, Judd, or do you want me to expound? 
I like that, John. And, and what I would say to that, I would actually expand on that by saying a case or a few cases. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, in, individuals that tend to lean towards superior work, they would have more than one example yeah. of, of a situation that looks like you as a patient, and you would have you would be able to judge the outcome and see for yourself if all the details were taken care of, right? And not just hearsay, I've done cases like yours, that wouldn't fly, not in this consumer-driven market that we live in today. You're, you're so right. I, I would have never thought about that. Sorry, doctor. No, you know, you're fine. And, you know, and, and the other thing is that there's a lot of, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, seeking out, you know, different opinions on care, uh, you know, it's important to find someone that you sort of resonate with, you know, you kind of have the feeling like, Hey, I can, I can work with this person because it's a partnership, you know, orthodontics is different than dentistry. You know, dentistry is like, okay, I need a filling done. I go in and I, and I get my filling done. I probably shouldn't say it's not a partnership because many of these are long-term things, but you have a, you have a procedure, you go in get the procedure done and hopefully everything's taken care of with orthodontics. It's a, a certainly multi-month, if not multi-year sort of process. And it's uh, you're very much on the same team, if you will. And so it's not like, uh, you know, ortho is not like going to uh, your fast food restaurant and, uh, you know, getting your hamburger uh, within three minutes and you're ready to go. You know, ortho is much more like, you know, going to the grocery store, learning how to cook and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, in order to get your hamburger in the, in the, in, in the end. So it's a different experience that a lot of people are, um, they're just, you know, learning for the first time. How did you, each of you, I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, at some point you chose a path, Dr. Warford of, Hey, I'm going to do more aligner cases. And Dr. Uh, Mark, you saw when the liners came in, you were like, nah, not, not so much for me. I'm going to go this other path. Can you each tell me kind of what made those decisions happen? Excuse me. Yeah. Mine was really um, simple. I love, I didn't like aligners in the beginning. I love them now. The reason I continue to do the majority of my patient with fixed appliances is it falls into my job description as a product developer, product innovator, what I have to do testing of these products within the patient population that I treat. So consequently, I continue to do more of those. And um, I'm not opposed to aligners. I do a significant number, but that's the reason I do more braces and wires is because that's the area that I'm involved with as a consultant and developer and R&D expert in that area. That makes total sense. Dr. Warford? Uh, the... Uh, the initial impetus for me was, was twofold. One was the people that wanted the aesthetics of the aligner or threefold. One is the aesthetics of the aligners. Uh, some people are like, it's either aligners or nothing. And the research proves that. Um, uh, the second is, um, as I mentioned before, over half of my patients are long distance and um, a broken bracket when you're 150 miles away on Christmas Eve isn't very, very pleasant for anyone. Um, and so I was trying to minimize emergency visits and we've certainly done so. And the third is, um, I, I kind of want to challenge, you know, the, uh, you know, when I was going to school, I was allowed one aligner case. Um, it was my wife and she didn't have a very significant malocclusion and it did not work whatsoever. Uh, so my first aligner case was an absolute fail. I ended up putting braces on her a few years later. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, okay, this, there's got to be a way to figure this out. And, uh, you know, certainly the, 
the money that I've spent on lab fees for aligners is my most expensive uh, practice cost in the history of my practice. And so it's been, uh, it's, it's been, uh, you know, quite a tuition to pay, but um, it's uh, once you get to, once you get to the point where it becomes normal and this uh, you can treat nearly anything with aligners um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy the way that we practice now. So it sounds like it was, part of solving the problem was the fun for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all problem solvers and uh, well, not all of us, but you know, most orthodontists are and trying yeah. to, trying to, you know, also trying to find a way to make things easier and uh, you know, but yeah, there was, there's a, there's a challenge there. There's a, there's a gamification, if you will, of aligners. It's like, okay, if I'm not going to see this patient for six months in person, because now with remote monitoring, we're seeing them weekly um, you know, what can I anticipate the zigs or zags potentially being? And it's, uh, it, it really makes it, a, it's a, it's a lot of fun to have that, um, to have that conversation with yourself and to try to plan it out and say, okay, here's where we need to watch for this. And here's where we need to watch for that. Now we need to do this. Now we need to do that. And, uh, I just, uh, I just get a kick out of it too. I love that. Jay, Jay, follow up on this, and I think it's sort of mutually exclusive, something Dr. Mark said earlier with one of his mentors and Dr. Sheridan, who's really a legendary orthodontist in Louisiana. Um, I know, you know, Dr. Dr. John just mentioned that he's, you know, spent some millions of dollars into lab fees, and that's all part of your learning experience. And Dr. Mark, I know you're part of many study groups. You've been part of the, the, the Dr. Ron Roth study group for, for years. You know, you, you stay very much involved. How much of this plays into what you both do now versus what you learned in residency? And in, 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 in kind of as an adjunct question, that is, is there a mutual exclusiveness to that? And this due diligence question I just asked about the patients, what they should look for. I think the patient should continue to, um, you know, there are many points that the patient probably can't calculate. They would only hear it in the community amongst the dentist and uh, understanding the technical aspects of where we like to complete our treatment, right? It may look good in the front, but uh, as far as the occlusion and the way the teeth come together, uh, I think that uh, our training, our background, uh, particularly mine with uh, heavy emphasis on occlusion and bite and TMJ and all these things, uh, those things never change, right? So I think John and I agree that regardless of the modality that we use, we still drive towards the same outcome, the same ultimate outcome to satisfy the patient both aesthetically and functionally, which is most important. And that again goes back to that earlier question you had today is, is what's important? It's that if, if the individual that's addressing the patient's primary concern, which is typically aesthetics, if all they're focused on is aesthetics, it's a major, a major um, uh, setback for the patient because anyone who's uh, considered an expert in the area, as many orthodontists are, most orthodontists, is that they focus on the entire picture, right? It's like going to any specialist, a neurosurgeon or an orthopedic surgeon. We want form and function and aesthetics to all occur. So, um, John? Yeah, I mean, many times, that's exactly right. I mean, many times I'll have a patient come in and they'll say, I just want this tooth better. 
and then you spend, <laughs> spend the next 15, 20 minutes explaining why you can't just make that tooth better and uh, everything else has to work better. And, uh, you know, you can't just do top, can't just do bottom um, because you have to make sure that everything, I mean, within limits, of course, you know, there's compromises based on uh, opinion uh, decisions that patients make, whether they're going to opt for surgery or not uh, as an adult. But um yeah, the idea is that uh, we're, we're both going for the same thing, hopefully, which is completely comprehensive treatment with, um, there are some nuances, you know, with uh, final tooth positions, some orthodontists like things one way, some like it another, and that's kind of the art of things. Not to say that one's wrong or, or not, but uh, the other's not, but there are fundamentals of occlusion that we all learned in, uh, back and starting way back in first year of dental school. And, uh, you know, those things uh, kind of stay the same uh, even to this day. Although I think as Judge was mentioning, um, I'm practicing very differently than I am now than I was 20 years ago in my residency. That's for certain. For sure. Guys, what a wealth of knowledge. And before we wrap up the show today, we're going to go to a fun section that we like to call Reading Reddit. Judd, while I share my screen, why don't you take the gentleman through what they're about to do? All right. So for each one of our episodes, we're going to detail a question that we pulled off in the Reddit thread. Some cases it can be in a dentistry subreddit. It can be in Invisalign or Small Direct Club subreddit. Sometimes there's just a patient area. Got two, two questions that come up today. One is more of a, you know, a dentist profile question. And the question is this. I recently purchased a practice and I really want a scanner. I use an older CERAC model at another practice and I've gotten used to it. I had a rep with the new Itero and it was really nice. Scan speed and auto tissue cut, cut out is great. I really appreciate responses from people that use multiple different scanners. Thanks. Gentlemen, I know we're talking about orthodontists today, but uh, you know, there's some dentistry feedback here. We love both your feedback on this question. Uh, as far as which, what do I have to say about which scanner? Um, scanner I, preference here. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I most of my experiences with an Itero. I hear a lot of good things about Medit scanners. Um, heck, there are still people using, uh, you know, impressions, uh, you know, for getting uh, getting certain things done. And some people still argue that impressions are the most accurate. So, I guess I um, I know enough to know that um, uh, that I don't have the answer for that one. Quick, quick interlude before you answer, Dr. Mark. I have heard another multiple people in this same thread that suggest that it, is it true that if you have an iTero, uh, it cannot send scans to another aligner manufacturer other than Invisalign? That seems to be a narrative in Medit, Reddit that that's the case. So you can take an STL from iTero and send it on to another aligner. Yeah, to any, any company, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah so I, my, my experience comes with three shape. And so that majority, uh, I've heard great things about Medit as well. Three shape is, uh, it functions quite nicely for us. I think that uh, scanners in general have come a long way. And, uh, I would encourage anyone who's considering it, just have the rep come out and you can try all the models out. And I think you'll be, uh, pleasantly surprised that they're all very functional probably comes down to speed and uh, what do you like uh, in, the out, in the output, right? How easy it is to maneuver um, the, the final document or the final um, file. Cool. Thanks, gents. Jay, you want to scroll down? Wow, Judd, that, well, hold on a second. 
I'm very confused on this. I thought this was a comedy comedy bit. I thought that they were going to read the comments. I'm so confused. So so this has nothing to do with the comments. Okay. No, this this one is uh, <laughs> academic. Gotcha. Well, I I led people astray because I was like, well, no, no, no. Like the to end one, on a, Keep scrolling down. No, no, no. Th- another I, one. I have to load a separate file. I, I'm aware. That's maybe this it's, is why I'm confused. Hold on. Here we go. Okay. Sharing my screen. I post, we'll take care of this in post-production, boys. No, no, no. <laughs> we keep all this in. We want to have a real... <laughs> all right. Serious. Here's the next one. That's what makes it interesting. Here we go. Wait. Accidentally swallowed a bit of mouthwash. <laughs> Not sure if this is the right sub, but please help if you can. I was rinsing with Crest 3D mouthwash, which has hydrogen peroxide in it. I think I accidentally swallows... I don't know if it's a European or African swallow, like like half a drop that was on the back of my tongue after I spit most of it out. Stupid, I know. But should I be worried? Please scroll down, Jay. You're fine, bro. Oh, so there's the comedy. <laughs> what good. would your answer be, guys? Yeah, That's what I was very good in practice. Well, how big is half a drop? You know, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> Let's face it. Yeah. One microgram. <laughs> I ran uh, out of uh, rum for um, New Year's Eve. So I had to actually move on to the mouthwash. and work Crest mouthwash. Yeah. So how much is it? How much uh, Crest mouthwash does it take to equal a uh, one ounce of rum? Judd, that's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> we will find out. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being thank on the you. show today. I'd like to thank our guests and partners, Brain Bites Creative and On Demand Orthodontist. Dr. John Warford, visit him at warfordorthodontics.com. Dr. Mark Carell, visit him at carellortho.com. And always visit ODO at www.ondemandorthodontist.com and brainbitescreative.com. If you have an orthodontist or dental practice and are sick of digital marketing that doesn't work, please check out our agency, Brain Bites Creative, and start making the ROI off your marketing spend. Visit us at brainbitescreative.com. And last but not least, our friends at ODO, the on-demand orthodontist. If you're a dentist looking to drive more revenue to your practice, contact ODO at theondemandorthodontist.com. I'm Jason Sroden on behalf of Judd Johns and the entire Get It Straight podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.